one thing that is absolutely true about Christmas here in America is that a lot of it revolves around kids and toys. Would you agree with that? I think that right there, look at that hand. And God, that's right. Everyone wants to correct me on that, but you're absolutely right. It revolves around God. But there's a lot of toys that are involved, okay? And I was just doing some research about toys of Christmas past. How many can relate to this one in 1934, the popular toy that out-exceeded the demand or the production was the Shirley Temple doll? Anyone want to raise their hands on that one? Oh, there, one, okay. How about this one? The Chatty Cathy doll in 1960. You, you remember? Some of us remember that, okay? How about this one? This was the feminization of, of boys. It was the G.I. Joe doll, okay? 1964. You remember that? I can remember that. I can remember that as a kid. How about this one? Th- then there was the Star Wars figures in 1977. A lot of us can remember that, okay? And then there was, do you remember the Cabbage Patch dolls? Hello, that, that was a huge one, okay? And, and then there was the Transformers in 85. The one that I really liked the most, the one that I remember the most was Tickle Me Elmo doll. Do you remember that one? 1996, it was a toy that went for $29. But the demand exceeded the production and the price skyrocketed to $1,500. People were searching everywhere for Elmo. Now, when something like that happens in our culture, folks, it is a reflection of Christmas. There's another thing that our culture is searching for, and it has been on almost every magazine in America at one time or another. USA Today, Newsweek, US News and World Report, Time Magazine have all had this cover or a rendition of this cover in search of Christmas. The media has discovered and figured out that America has become a nation of seekers with the collapse of materialism. And when I say that, I'm not saying that it's gone away. I'm saying, I'm saying that it hasn't satisfied like we want People are beginning to ask the basic questions of life again. Why am I here? Where am I going? What is the meaning of life? And if there is a God, can I know him? Those are the kinds of questions that today millions of people are asking themselves. And if you find yourself being a spiritual seeker, I want you to understand you are in good company. There was a group of seekers that very first Christmas. They were called the wise men. They were called magi. That's a clue, kids, magi. There is a song written about them that we are going to worship and respond to. We three kings. They were the original seekers, seekers of God searching for a savior. Who in the world were these guys? And who is this mystery baby that they're searching for? Well, in the Bible, it doesn't tell us a whole lot about these men. They were given the name or term magi. And a magi was a person who had a lot of different skills that they possessed. 
They were astronomers, scientists, doctors, and they were philosophers. In essence, they were wise men. They were well-educated men, and because they were well-educated, they were wealthy. We don't know where they came from. The Bible tells us that they came from the east. Some think China, some think Persia. I happen to believe that they came from Babylon because that's where the exiles, that's where the Jews were exiled to. We do know that they crossed literally hundreds and thousands of miles of desert that took them literally months and months and months to get to Bethlehem. We don't know how many there were. We think there were three because of the three gifts given. That's a clue. I guess that there was probably more. They traveled in caravans for safety, and three is not a big number. So my guess is that there were a whole lot more. What we do know about these wise men is what they did. They did three things that caused them to find God. And if you are a spiritual seeker today, looking for something from God, I want you to know if you will do these three things, you will find him. The reality is in life, we all have needs. There, are, there is a void in our life. And God says, if you, through this story, will do what these three wise men did, I will fill that void. The very first thing that we see that these wise men, these three kings, these, these magi did, is that they sought the truth. And if you want to find God in, in, with the vacuum that you have in your life, regardless of what that vacuum might be, you've got to seek the truth. Now understand something, that there is a big difference between a seeker and a speculator. Folks, we have a lot of speculators in our society. Speculators say things, well, I think God is like, and you just fill in the blank. Uh, my idea of God is like, and you just fill in the blank. I have always thought that God was like, and you just fill in the blank. I mean, who in the world cares what a speculator thinks? I mean, who made them the authority, okay? Just because a speculator thinks something doesn't necessarily make it true. There is a huge difference between a seeker and a speculator. Seekers diligently search for answers. They take the time and the energy to find truth. This is what we discover in the Christmas story out of Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus' birth, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the child born to be king of the Jews? We observed his star rising and have come to worship him. In these few verses right here, we discover three things that these wise men did in order to find truth. And if you are seeking to fill a void in your life, if you will do these three things, guess what? God will be faithful. The first thing that they did is that they were watching what was happening in the world. They were observant. They were alert. They saw a star in the sky that was different. Secondly, they asked questions. What does this different star mean? And where is it going? And, and if we follow it there and, and we find it, what do we do from there? And then third, they did whatever it took to find the truth. You see, if you are a 
spiritual seeker. You'll do whatever it takes to fill the void. Now what is so ironic is that just six miles away from Bethlehem was the, 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 the religious center of the world, Jerusalem. And none of the religious scholars came searching for him. But these wise men did. And they traveled more than likely months upon months upon months to get there, showing their commitment to truth. Now the problem in our culture is that we want truth. Yes, hey, I want to know truth, but we want it on our own terms. I'll just wait and Google it later, okay? We say, you know, I want truth, but I just don't have the time right now. Folks, that's a tragedy. To not figure out the meaning of life, to fill voids that we have in our life is tragic, especially when you feel unfulfilled. When you think, you know what, there's got to be something more to life than just getting and getting and getting and getting. And while I'm getting, I'm never satisfied thinking, do I really matter? You see, when you have those types of feelings, God is trying to get your attention. God created you with a God-shaped vacuum in your life that can only be filled by God. And those feelings is God prompting you to search for him. And the good news is this. According to Jeremiah 29, if you search for God with all of your heart, you will find him. Now, what does that mean to search for him with all your heart? That means you search for him with your whole being. You admit, you know what? I've got a void in my life. It is something that I've been trying to fill, and guess what? I can't do it. I got a problem that's bigger than myself. I've been trying to get my arms around it, and guess what? I can't get my arms around this sucker. You admit, but then you believe, you believe, you know what? But I believe God's the answer. I believe that God sent his son to reveal to me the answer to the void, to the struggles, to the problems that I have in life, and I'm gonna commit myself to him. I will do whatever it takes. I will travel months to get there. I'm gonna drop him from my head to my heart. You see, the good news is that while you and I have been yearning and longing to fill this void, God has been searching for you. In fact, he's the one that has initiated the search. It was God who put that star in the sky, a unique star, a custom-made star. Why? Because God wants you to search for him. Because God wants to be found. He wants to be in relationship with you. This is the essence of Christmas. This is the essence of Christianity that God initiated. He creates a thirst and he initiates and he says, here I am. The most famous verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He's the one that gave. He's the one that initiated. And these wise men responded. They admitted, you know what? We see a star. It is a unique star. It is tickling our interest. It is creating something within us that we want satisfied. We are going to commit ourselves 
to go there. And as they did, they found the truth because they followed the star. The wise men sought the truth that came through the light of a star. And as a result of following that light, the second thing they did is that they experienced joy. Now, I don't know the void that you have in your life that you feel. And I don't know what the source necessarily of what that is. The fact, though, is this. God has taken the first step and he has given you a sign. He always gives signs to those who are genuine seekers. He will give you a guide, a a sign, a clue in your life. He will not leave you alone. If you are a genuine seeker and you are wanting that void to be filled in your life, regardless of what what it is, he will give you a guiding star. For the wise men, it was a custom-made star, star like no other. It led them to Jerusalem, and then it turned south to Bethlehem, and then it stayed over Bethlehem for days. Folks, no star does that. It was a special made custom star. And yet when you think about that, God's that way, isn't he? When you and I have a void in our life, God likes to use custom-made things to get our attention. We see this throughout history. We see this in the Old Testament. God used the Red Sea and opened it. He gave manna from heaven. He gave them a pillar of fire at night and and a cloud by day to lead and guide God's people to the promised land. God always rewards genuine seekers with clues, with a sign, with a travel guide. The chances are you have a star in your life to direct you to him. It may be a book. It may be a movie. It could be a church or a pastor or an event. It could be a parent or a partner. But God has not left you alone and he has not left you in the dark. He has given you a guide. My question to you is this. How are you reacting to that star, to that guide, to that clue that he has given you? As you read the story, there were three responses, three reactions to this star. One was through Herod. He reacted with fear. He did not want to lose his power. Or you could react like the wise, not the wise men, but the, 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 the leaders, the spiritual leaders of Jerusalem through indifference, through skepticism, through apathy. Or you can react like the wise men did. They celebrated. They rejoiced. They experienced joy because they allowed that star to guide them to the truth. Take a look at Matthew chapter 2 and verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. 
In the Greek, that literally means they jumped up and down with joy. They could not contain themselves. I say this. If you are a devoted follower of Christ, I want to encourage you tomorrow morning when you wake up on Christmas morning to thank God for the star that he placed in your life that guided you to the truth. And that may be a partner, that may have been your parents, that may have been a pastor, it may have been some other person in your life. But thank God for that star that led you to the truth and rejoice exceedingly for it. If you are a seeker, I want to encourage you to continue to use that star to lead you to the truth. Because guess what? God loves you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he will do anything to get your attention. He will use financial stress. He will use marital stress. He will use family stress. He will use job and career stress to get your attention. In fact, have you ever thought that maybe the stress that is in your life right now that is creating this void might be the very star that God is wanting to use in your life to lead you to the truth. You see, at Christmas, there is good news. Take a look at this out of Luke 2, 10. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced, and it is for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what you've done. Your Savior has been born tonight. You see, why is it that Christmas has such good news in it? Folks, it's because heaven came to earth to save you from your stress, to give you hope, to turn your mourning into dancing, and not just by forgiving you of your past, though that is the ultimate but by giving you a power to live in the present, enabling you to look into the future with feelings of security. You see, heaven came to earth for you and me. Let the light of the truth guide you to joy. You see, how is that possible? As you seek truth, that you can experience joy. That that void in your heart can be filled. Where you can have hope. Where you can have strength. Well, it happens as you recognize who this baby really was. You see, what made this baby so special, so different? I mean, who was he? Well, the Bible says that he was not merely a baby, that he was God. Why did God become flesh? So that you could know him. You can know a lot about God, or you can know at least a little bit about God through nature. That he is powerful, that he is creative, that he loves variety. But if Jesus hadn't come, you wouldn't know that he was personal, that he cares, 
that he has, that he, 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 he cares and he shares your concerns. That he understands what you're going through. He knows the void. He knows the challenges. He knows the problems. You wouldn't know that he was made himself available. That he wants to help and that he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Folks, you and I wouldn't have known that had he not come. In Colossians it says this, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself is the creator who made everything in heaven and on earth. Think about that. God humbled himself and he became one of us. And when you look at that manger scene and you see that baby in that manger, that baby made you. As you see that baby in that manger and his little hands, those little hands formed you and who you are. And he left heaven above to be with us. That we might know that he cares, that he's concerned, that he's available, that he has the power to make a difference because he has a purpose and he has a plan. So that we can experience joy. So that the void in our, on our, in our lives can be filled. How is this made possible? as you and I recognize who he is. You see, tomorrow morning when you wake up and you go to the Christmas tree and you see gifts under the tree, for you to enjoy those gifts, two things must occur. First, you must recognize your gifts. And secondly, you must receive your gifts. First, you must recognize your gifts. Have you ever woke up some Christmas morning, saw your gift, opened it and said, hey, great, what is it? You see, you can't enjoy the gift unless you recognize it. And until you recognize that Jesus was God, Christmas isn't gonna make a difference. I mean, who in the world wants to worship a baby or a person? You must recognize the gift that he was God. But more importantly, you must receive it. You see, a gift doesn't become yours until you receive it. And only when you receive it, then do you experience the joy. The same is true with God's gift. Now, how do we know that these wise men, these magi, these three kings recognized the gift as God? By how they responded and by the gifts that they gave. Take a look at Matthew chapter 2. When the magi, the wise men, went into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. They didn't worship the star. They didn't worship Joseph or Mary. They worshiped the baby. Why? 
because he was God. They recognized him as God. And they recognized him as God by, because, because of the gifts that they gave. Then they opened the treasure chest and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts inform us that they understood Jesus to be God. They offered him gold. Gold was only offered to kings. And in essence, they were saying, he's royalty. He is the king of all kings. And they offered frankincense, which was an incense that was used in the temple only to worship God. And so in essence, they were saying, he is not only the king of kings, but he is the Lord of lords. And then they offered myrrh. Myrrh is a death spice. It is a rare thing to give a baby who is experiencing life for the first time. Why in the world did they give this baby a death spice? Because in essence, they were not only saying that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but he is also our savior who will die for our sins. You see, this baby that God sent, his very son, didn't just come to live. He came to die. That is why in our nativity scene out there, there's always a cross. Because God came into the world to die for our sins, to fill the void that is in our heart. And this Christmas, I want to encourage you with the void that you have to recognize the gift, who he is, that he is God, and to receive his son. These wise men did, and you will be wise if you do the same. The best gift that you can give Jesus on his birthday is the gift of your life. Will you do that? Will you allow God to lead you and guide you to truth? That you might experience joy. That your void in your life may be filled. And that you will know that he cares. And that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you humbled yourself and you laid aside your deity and you came as a person. You came as a baby because you didn't want to scare us. Rather, you came to draw us to yourself that we might know and understand that you love us that you care for us, that the things that concern us concern you, and that you have a plan and a purpose for our life. I don't know what void you have in your life right now, but whatever it is, will you receive the gift by just simply admitting, God, there's a void, and I've tried to fill it with all kinds of different things, I've tried to do things myself, and God, this is bigger than me. But I believe that you're the answer, that you sent your son to be my king, to be my Lord, 
to be my savior. Right now, I'm committing myself to you. I'm dropping you from my head into my heart. God, save me. Fill me up. Give me purpose. Give me power. May I know of your presence in my life. Continue to lead and guide me through the light of your son. And if you prayed that prayer in whatever way you may have prayed it, I believe God heard that prayer. Would you just let me know on your communication card? Would you just maybe give me your name, maybe an email address, and check the appropriate box on the back of the card and drop it in the offering basket, and I'll email you some information that'll help you with your journey. Lord, I thank you that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, and that you are our Savior. We celebrate you today. In your son's name, amen.